landing page testing. Okay, so okay. Oh. <laughs> I wonder what we got, but that's okay. <laughs> Recording in progress. I feel like I had, um, I had a bunch of, I have a bunch of different ideas of bits to start this show this time. I had a lot, but this record's so good. I don't even know if I want to do them. Hit me with the bits, man. Um, well, I had a follow-up on our conversation last time about, we had a conversation about whether we should see turnstile or sports team. And I think we're, I think we're going to maintain sports team. Although my girlfriend did say that she wanted to go see turnstile, but she's, I think she might be saying, let's just go see sports team. And they also just came out with a new record, which is very good. Nice. That was the follow-up. The bit I was going to do that was unrelated, which I've been thinking a little bit about was I was wondering if you guys had a favorite, um, like a favorite bit of the alphabet. And besides the obvious, like, let's not go LMNOP. Like, is there any other parts of the alphabet that you're a big fan of? I think I really resonate with JKL. Really? Yeah, I really like that's those. That's surprising to me. They're very, like, you know, K and L are very angular, and then J has a nice curve to it, and I think it's just, like, a good... And they're also kind of weird letters. They could they be, you know... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's my... Chuck, you, you got one, Chuck? you know no but i i like wx mm -hmm. personally. That, yeah that is a sketchy duo though. That is yeah. a, it is a, it is an unpredictable combination there's a lot going on there you've got a lot of angles yeah a lot of sharp lot there's some sharp letters you know they, they you see that and you're like whoa wx okay and you go yeah and you go from a letter that's made of two words to just this crazy sound that's right. And and W X. <laughs> it's an intense journey from that letter, from one letter to the next. Also, both letters are spelled or written as combinations of pre-existing pre letters. A W is two V's kind of superimposed over each That's other. True, and an yeah. X is two I's over each that's other a stretch. And they're slanted <laughs> or is it two v's like this <laughs> yeah that's they, true it's kind of just a series w and x yeah are it all could just, just be a bunch of, bunch of i'm personally i'm a big qrs guy qrs i got love for tuv as well but i think qrs is just a real smooth one <clears throat> qrs yeah. is smooth it sounds smooth because it's like sounds like a radio station yeah yeah, yeah. you're listening to qrs, QRS radio <laughs> Um, and then did you guys listen to the new Arctic Monkeys song? No, I have not. it just came out today. It's quite good. You like it? I will say I've listened to there better be a mirror ball like way too many times. I really <laughs> like it. It's to a the great amount, song. We like to the amount where as I was listening to it a few days ago, I was like, I need to stop because by the time the record comes out, I'm going to hate the song and yeah. I, need it, I, I want it to live in my brain as like a good album track and like not a, a, a single. So I have to like, I gotta, I gotta turn it away from. But as that came right at the right time because now we got body paint. How is it? You like it? It's good. It's kind of got the same vibe. It's very vintage and and fun. Turner's voice sounds 
real sick in it. He's like really, he's doing a falsetto, but it's so gentle and like breathy. And like, it sounds like he's trying really hard to not sound like he's trying hard kind of it's got this really weird like floaty airy sound to it which i was like really into because i haven't really heard him do it before but it's like this weird really soft kind of falsetto-y falsetto-y things he's doing and there's some really great like strings and stuff in there it was fun Mm. it was a good it was a good song it sounds kind of like he's continuing in that direction he they are continuing in that kind of orchestral are those very (laughs) no i'm talking about well he they as in (laughs) Alex as the default got it, got it, songwriter, got it, got it. but they as in the monkeys, the Arctic monkeys. But I can probably play a little bit of it. Uh, is that really bad? Sure. Maybe a tiny bit. And I got Just a good a segue for, oh, that, okay, for that into Radiohead. Okay, cool. Um, this is this is, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Though. Okay. This is Body Paint by Arctic Monkeys. This is uh, Exit Music uh, for a podcast, the Radiohead podcast, um, and this is the OK Computer episode, and this is Body Paint by Arctic Monkeys. Can you guys hear it? Yeah, I'm already into it. From master of deception (laughs) and subterfuge, yourself Quite the bed to lie in. <laughs> Do your time traveling through the tanning boom so you don't let the sun catch you crying. So predictable, I know what you're thinking. I'm sorry, I'll pull it back a little bit. But yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a good one. You know what I'm getting here is is it's easy to say this. It's not like a comment, not like a super astute comment, but like I'm getting David Bowie. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I can see that for sure. Agreed. Like, and then you know what else you can get some David Bowie from. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> was that your segue, Chuck? Yeah, what you was your segue? No, no, Are my segue, my segue was. Uh, was... Do you want to finish your Bowie comment? I, I, I kind of took the reins on it. No, because I don't want to. I, I will get totally like you guys. I'm sure. Like if I can talk about the Arctic, I, I would just get lost down the rabbit hole of the Arctic monkeys. We had a whole podcast about them, and well, I guess we'll do another episode of that show. I think we should yeah. do an honorary episode once the car comes out. Yeah, I think so too. But the transition I was going to make was that the car, oh wow, uh, which is the title of the New Arctic Monkeys album, uh, is actually in in stasis on the front of that album cover. The car is parked. Whereas if you look at the <laughs> album cover of OK Computer, <laughs> there is quite a bit of motion including what looks to be cars in transit on a highway. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Among That's, other things. What a that is a that was a smooth transition. <laughs> it also looks like on the cover that X over there, that looks like the uh the cover of Ed Sheeran's record Multiply, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> 
<laughs> Legendary do we, record. Do we have an Ed Sheeran podcast? What a, ref, what a reference. Yeah, we'll save that one for uh, uh, the shape of iTunes, that, <laughs> yeah, the Ed Sheeran podcast. Um, I was going to say podcasting out loud, but... Uh, that's better, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um all right uh i'm gonna start playing a little bit of this in the background we'll start off with airbag um and then i guess just straight coming out what did we talk about last week we talked about the bends coming out of the bends um i think a bunch of the record labels and stuff were like if you just make the bends too you'll sell seven million records so just go and do it and they said no thank you we want to try something new so they kind of uh Locked themselves away for a little bit in a couple different locations, separated by some touring, making some songs with Brian Eno, doing some stuff for movies, um, working on new sounds, working on new songs and, and things like that, and just made a record that was a lot less emotional, but also more emotional at the same time, as Tom York says, uh, but kind of very abstract. Um, and, uh, and then OK Computer comes. Is that sufficient background, or do we want more? That was good. That was good. No, I think that was good. Succinct? Yeah, succinct. Yeah, and I was going to say, too, that... Because you mentioned you have some hot takes. I do, and but before I kind of jump okay. into... Yeah, yeah, before yeah. I jump into the hot takes that I have, and and I have them, I was just going to add that this, that this album, um, uh, at least to me... Um, it continues what I think, um, I, it, it tonally, it seems very similar to the Benz in that I got a lot of, I felt like a lot of these songs were about like alienation and feeling alone in the world and alone in the universe. And they're exploring that identity, that feeling through different types of music. Mm. And as I understand it, again, I haven't, I have not, yet listened front to back to Kid A, but I know that like, and I'm gonna talk about that at the end of this episode where they go musically with that, but you can already hear like tinkering and experimenting musically and big, big risks on this album that the band is taking. And yet I am getting the same feelings and lyrical themes of like alienation and hopelessness and feeling lost in an, in a rapidly changing world at the mm -hmm. turn of the century. And again, we're going to get more of that in Kid A. I kind of think of those two albums. I'm go I, I I'm imagining I'm going to think of those two albums um in a similar light because they both brush up against the end of the 20th century. But that was definitely what I was feeling in terms of like what they're going for on this album and and Jake you totally touched on it. And I think it's funny too. I was reading about them and it's like I feel like at the end of every tour of every album, like they were burned out and wanted to try something new. It's and like they hated it and they hate everything. And they hated and they it. Hate every like they hate touring, they hate the last record, they hate everything new they write. Like they hate every look every studio, every engineer. It's like dude. Kind of calm down. Every album with Radiohead, it's like we found the last like we wanted to do something completely different from our last album, <laughs> yeah. which we found boring. And we hated touring and we were very stressed out. We can't believe we ever made a piece of garbage like that. The label said do this and, and, and Tom York said fuck you. Every single <laughs> yeah. album, like yeah. even though they're yeah. just saying. Like... <laughs> yeah, like, and, like it's always lyrically like and Tom, Tom York couldn't believe that 
he was so like open emotionally in the last record so he really went abstract and then the next one's like he was just very confused by the abstractness so he wanted to make the lyrics a little bit more concrete it's like all right <laughs> and something that i think is is really interesting is and i forget where they recorded the bends but this album was recorded in a castle uh yeah or natural reverb mostly hmm. recorded in a castle so they have like this weird kind of you know echoey sound to a lot of it and i can't remember who it was who said this i think it was um the drummer uh of radiohead um uh philip selway he said most of the album was recorded live he was like 70 to 80 yeah. percent of it was recorded yeah. live now, i don't know what that means exactly but like it means they give... didn't overdub anything it was just the five of them playing at the same time and that's no, crazy like, it really doesn't no sound like that stuff. That's why. It doesn't. And then I was yeah. also reading that um, I, almost all of Tom York's vocal tracks are, are taken on the first take. And Damn. he said that because this is, a, I mean, this isn't even an expedited timeline of what we just mentioned. But he said that if he would do more than one take, he would just overthink the lyrics and then think they were all dumb. And would then Awareness. Wanna... There you go. <laughs> so he I was like, like I just got to do it or else I'm just going to think that everything's stupid. <laughs> I get a sense from everyone in Radiohead, but I guess especially Tom York, that they are all restless. Like, restlessness to me is like a driving force behind the mm. band. Like they're yeah. profoundly uncomfortable, not just in their own skin and in their own lives, but they're uncomfortable as musicians. They're uncomfortable performing. They are restless musically and creatively. All they want to do is like move on to the next thing. You know what I mean? And I don't know like where that comes from, but I look at all of them in, you know, photographs of them as a band and they all look to me like, like kind of weird restless dudes who like take everything that they do incredibly seriously. Mm, yeah. So, you know yeah, what I, I mean? I think the word serious was kind of, when Jake was describing like how Tom York feels about each record, it's just all very serious feeling. Like uh, I agree, taking it all so seriously. Yeah, there's a gravity to it. Um, I feel like Johnny Greenwood is really next level. That's like something that that's something that I'm like learning and never really like I've always heard that, you know. But uh I'm starting to really feel that and buy into it. This out I feel like this album, the guitar layering is really special, kinda of like the atmospheric nature of it. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's yeah, it's incredible. It's like I mean this is this I'll this is one of I mean this is probably a this is it's it's regarded as one of the greatest albums of all time. It's probably one of the best records I've ever heard. I would I think I feel comfortable saying that. It's it mm. really incredible. Just everything from just the sound of it, the the time that it came out. Like again, this is what I always feel about Bowie is that you can listen to Bowie and easily say that it sounds dated, but the shit he was doing that you're calling dated was three years before anyone else had ever even thought about doing it before. Yeah. So now it sounds like it's overplayed, but at the time it was revolutionary. Nobody liked it because everyone was like, what even is this? So I feel like, and that's when I was reading some of the reviews. It was like, I didn't, I wasn't really interested in reading any of, cause there was a huge second round of reviews in 2017 for the 20th, uh, 20th anniversary of it. Yeah. And I was just kind of skipping all those. Cause that's just all like, Sorry, I'm maybe a little vulgar here. It's just a bunch of dick sucking of these guys. It was Whoa, like greatest, greatest album of all time. Greatest album of all time. Whereas, like, if you read the ones from 97, there's such a different tone. Mm. And it's just people kind of being like, oh, this Siri thing just came I didn't get that. All Could right. you? <laughs> By the way, that's fitting. 
fitting for this album. <laughs> it is. Very. Um, but the ones from 97, it's mostly people are just like, this is good and I don't really know why, but this record is like, there's really something special about it, but I just, and everyone just is like very hesitant to say that it's really good, but everyone is like hinting that it's like there's something really special, but again, like this album that's like takes some time to sit with to really like let it sink in. And obviously all these music reviewers, they listen to it like once or twice and then write a review about it. So you can tell that all these reviews were like rating it like eights or nines, not like tens really at the point because they needed more time to like really digest it. Um, but you can tell that like these people were like knew that something something really special was going on. Yeah, it reminds me of like uh, in the movie Semi Pro when someone alley oops for the first time in the basketball game and no one knows 000? how to react. <laughs> I don't remember who it is, but then the ref set calls it illegal and everyone in the crowd like doesn't know if it's amazing or like illegal. But <laughs> it's just like yeah, it's funny. Um, That's really funny. I thought uh, the I'll, other funny thing I noticed in the reviews, which really makes me laugh, is that just putting just putting yourself in for 20 minutes. I only read writing that was written in 1997, which is like just puts you in a weird, like in a different world. And every <laughs> review mentions you too. Yeah. Like not like some of them were like Tom York has a Bono esque voice, or like like they're, they're, they sound like you too in some way. But most of them, other ones just say like. Yeah, they play at like some of the venues that U2 plays at, or like the U2 did this, and mm -hmm. Radiohead. They just they just always bring up U2, and like Dude, that's such so... a '97 thing to do. I, 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 you know, I completely disagree, except for the Benz, that they sound oh, like U2 on the Benz. Completely disagree. Yeah. You, you so you agree with me? Oh yes. Sorry, I sorry. agree with you. Okay, we disagree together is what we're oh what yeah I'm i hate everything about you yeah yeah oh no sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your take is garbage no i like <laughs> hot garbage hot garbage like tom york to me and i say this as a big u2 fan like he doesn't remind me of bono necessarily i think that some of the songs on the bends had like a big arena feel to them the way they like really opened up and had some, you know, balladry kind of elements to them. But U2 is, first of all, Bono's voice to me is a little bit more like gentle and he doesn't really do the falsetto thing as much as Tom York. And second of all, like they, U2 to me, have this totally like positive, feeling good vibe mm. to them. And, you know, like even songs like Bad, which is a yeah. song that maybe you would think would be in a minor key is like, an inspiring kind of like slow build, you know, kind of come together rallying cry of a song. Whereas I find that only on the bends was I like moved to a positive emotional place when I heard the music. Whereas on this album, I felt like a sense of discomfort from the minute I heard the first song. And so I guess what is interesting about what you're saying, Jake, is that like, it's almost as if because they don't really know what they're hearing, these critics at the time, yeah. they like are grasping at straws to mm. try and find comparisons when actually what Radiohead is doing is like sounding like a completely different band than any band mm. I've I've ever heard. Like, yeah. like they're so risk-taking and weird and in some ways undigestible or indigestible, whatever the word is. But like, I don't get that same feeling that I get from Radiohead that I do from U2 mm. where it's like, 
like I'm gonna go out and make a difference in the world. That's what I get when I listen sometimes mm. too. Sure. And who has that big sound from the edge? I guess yeah. in terms of like Chris's favorite, you know, that environmental and kind of ambiance of like creating soundscapes with the guitar. But other than that, I, I don't. I never. I, I get on the first album. I guess I heard a little bit of it, but like there was more to me of that like Brit pop, you know, sound hmm. than than you two. And so anyway, it's just it's so interesting to hear that comparison because it's like I think I totally agree that it's like entering a different world, and sometimes they can't they can't really you know make sense of what they're hearing, so they're trying to find other bands that it reminds them of. Yeah, and now they're old, so. You know, yeah, they're old. old people are kind of suck. Uh, someone even, I even one review, someone tried to compare them to Oasis and something. And I was like, this is nice. It's like, <sighs> I feel that more. Flow Rider uh, and Arcade Fire. Oh boy, here we go with Arcade Fire again. Sorry. Controversy over last week. They're your favorite band. I they're think. still going on tour, by the way. I looked this up. They're like not but canceling not with, some but of not their dates. But Feist canceled on them. <laughs> yeah, but like that's, you know, they are refusing to step aside. They're gonna go out and tour their. But what didn't one album. of the members? You know, we, I should I shouldn't bring this up again. I'm gonna go down. I hate I hate Arcade Fire. But didn't they? Didn't one of the band members leave like a year or two ago? Didn't Win's brother leave the band? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, sketchy. Yeah, I think when this um, album came out. I was gonna say this is my favorite song on this. Song's album. great. This song is Subterranean unbelievable. Alien. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I'm on the ocean floor when I hear this song. <laughs> Like is this these... a, a Bob Dylan reference, right? Because Bob Dylan's song Subterranean Homesick Blues. Yes. Can I say, yeah. I had never heard the song Angus Music for a film <clears throat> before we made this podcast, so I didn't really get the joke when we, like, I had to look into it when you initially sent that podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> I do not like that song at all. Really? I love it. Yeah. Eggs music for a film and electioneering. I think I I skip them almost right away now. Really? Uh, I I also <laughs> don't like electioneering. It's definitely my least favorite song, even though it has a cowbell, which I find amusing. <laughs> but I think other one right after fitter happier. Yeah, I like. Yeah. The, I'm I'm a big fan of the guitar riff that comes like because I mean the only thing I will the only reason I'll defend that song is that right after fitter happier, which is the robotics and stuff, you get that real Americana yeah. country western thing, and like right in the first five seconds, which I'm always like pumped to hear. But yeah, I mean there's nothing to write home about about like the rest of the song, but just to me that contrast is always really interesting. I love fitter happier. Like I love that, <laughs> like little. Uh, dialogue or like you know especially thinking about the time like aol being like a huge thing yeah. and like i just thought that was really really cool uh, i feel like it was probably the first time that something like that had been like a digital voice sure. like that had been included yeah. in 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 rock music at least and then couch um, queen did it couch queen did it 20 years later thinking he was fucking the man <laughs> the man up in these streets he's um, always imitating you know it's kind of just... i thought fitter happier was funny too because like <laughs> That song came out in 97 and like 25, 25 years ago. And the advice, I, oh fuck, I'm not gonna be able to explain this. I might just bail. No, please, please. I was trying to think, cause it was funny to me. Cause what he says in the song is like, to be, be like fitter, happier, like drink less, each, eat less saturated fats, like work out, talk to people, you know, like do these things, which is the same thing that like, fitness influencers say on instagram and it's like 
they're acting like it's like some novel concept to be like, you know, you need to go to the gym, you know, no more microwave dinners, like moderate. And it's like a, a nerd was saying this as a bit in 1997. Now you're making like $100,000 off a post where you tell somebody to drink fucking water. Like, what is, uh, this is like, it's, I don't know. This is why I didn't want to get into it. It's like a dystopia he's following into right now. But it just, I was listening to that and it was like, just same thing that I hear on TikTok. And I'm like, it feels like, like uh, it feels straight out of, uh pure comedy the album yeah, like it yeah, could easily just yes. be on pure comedy like that same like uh sentiment for sure that's exactly right that one song where he says uh is it leaving la or it's the one with no there's a robot voice in there it's like i love listening to music yes yeah you're right yeah. okay i was wondering yeah, 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 why yeah. i was like thinking about that but yeah you're totally is. right it's about like spotify i wonder if he like played on this because it was the one that yeah because he heard his song playing in a coffee or he found one of his songs on like a coffee house playlist and he was like one of his like darkest, most depressing songs. And he's like, this song should never be played in a coffee house. And like, that's what he made that song based off like algorithmic streaming. Yeah. So it's the same thing. You're right. Yeah. Weird. Uh, this record was produced by Nigel Godrich um, again, except for Paranoid Android, which was produced by Pharrell. What? Nah, nah. The... I now nah, okay. So the background here is that I thought of that joke <laughs> probably four or five days ago. Oh my um, god! I was shocked today, for a moment. And then today, coming into this record, coming into this recording, I had forgot. I knew I had a joke, but I forgot what the joke was. And then as soon as we got through airbag and got to paranoid android, and the beginning is the do 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 do, and then the song starts. That's when I was like, oh. <laughs> that was the joke and then i didn't have a time to do the bid and now here we are and i'm now backing it all up but um you fit it in there <clears throat> not smoothly though my guy what are we thinking about Should, is it is it time for fandometer in a minute um, I, I have a few other things i want to say oh yeah yeah i forgot about your takes exit music though i do like this song chris before we get into charlie's i'm a big fan of this song you know I love drama and music. I love a good progressive song. That's a so, good like, word. This song it's climaxes. I mean, yeah. it, it's like written. I mean, it's like, and then the baseline, ding, 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 the baseline at the end. In, I mentioned it last week. I'm just a huge sucker for a fuzzy bass, and it just comes in so much grit, <laughs> and like, I like it. But I'm, I'm. This is like just this song is like written for me. Jake, you describe, you describe that so well. Like the bass does come in as this character almost a buzzsaw it's just like it's like it really you know it's like a personality and i love that like in this song every instrument kind of has its own distinct weird sound and i love the slow build like there's the bass right there yeah and this yeah, and you hear that that guitar in the background to me is like very mm. unique and cool and kind of like kind of sounds like you too <laughs> <laughs> i saw spin spin said that after comparing to u2's pop uh the 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 reviewer from spin said uh that radiohead made an electronica album from guitars which i thought was a cool take I suppose that's kind of true. I mean, it's hard for me to say anything about this as being like a electronica album, especially when you compare it to what I know is like coming up on the next album. Yeah. But, but I was going to say, you can hear 
in this song for sure, that that synth sound. And you can definitely hear it a little bit with the robotic AOL or AI voice in uh, Paranoid Android. And then of course in Fader Happier. So there's definitely like some computer and some synthy sounds weaved in here. Um, but I, I find it to be like a really interesting marriage of guitar and synth and exploratory mm. sounds. I don't think yet it's like throwing me into like what I'm, for lack of a better term, like calling like almost like a like a digital eve of the 21st century album, which is what I think Kid A is supposed to more be. And like this song, for example, Letdown, which by the way, I don't know if you guys watched The Bear, this song played in it the was i was watching movie. it with yeah i loved it I, I was so pumped when this song came on too because i was like this is the next episode this is the next episode <laughs> <laughs> this is a beautiful like simple guitar song to me like right mm. in the middle of this <clears throat> kind of experimental album um by the way a, a guy that i a podcaster that i listen to he's like a tv and film critic he's a massive massive radiohead fan and he said that this is his favorite Radiohead song, and that a lot of radio, pure Radiohead fans say that this is their favorite song. Oh, wow. Well. I mean, again, like, that's whatever. Who, who cares? Like, you know, who knows how many pure Radiohead fans he was referencing, but I think this song has, like, a special place in a lot of radio fans' hearts. Hmm. I think. Because it is that, like, moment of... To me, this is, like, the moment... This is, like, the breath of fresh air... Sure. ...on this yeah. album which I think is otherwise a little edgy and spooky. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's a, it's, I mean, it's long too. It's five, It's the second longest song we've had on the record so far behind Paranoid Android. Hmm. Which by Very the way, we, did, did we talk about how Paranoid Android was mirrored after the song structure of Happiness is a Warm Gun by the Beatles? Oh, really? Oh. I didn't know that. That's a great song, man. Great song. Paranoid Android is it's one of those songs where it's like kind of like Bohemian Rhapsody, where it's like there's like three parts to it and mm. they all don't really sound like each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's such a, I mean, Paranoid Android, that song's fucking incredible. Incredible. That song is incredible. That song is amazing. This song is amazing. Sucks Raining Homesick Alien, I fucking love. And I yeah. know it's coming up. Karma Police. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. amazing, a incredible a song. song. Yeah. That's the best hook, I think, on this album from like a pop perspective. Because for a minute there, I lost myself is a great line. Yeah. And the way he repeats it over and over again, it just kind yeah, of that gets into your so head. Good. Yeah. Mm. Better than God Loves His Children? <laughs> to me. <laughs> I think that's my favorite Radiohead like hit. Uh, at least, least thus far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least thus far. Yeah, I agree. I would agree. That's like I mean, because it, it does it, it fits the line of like the other hits that we've listened to that they've had were all kind of poppy in certain ways. And this is the first like experimental song that is also pop in a way. Mm -hmm. No surprises is kind of poppy to me too. And I was shocked to see on Spotify that no surprises has the second most streams of of any song on this album after oh, wow. 
Parma, I would please. say, yeah, I would say, yeah, uh, yes, surprises, and on that fact. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I don't know how much, um, I, I don't know how how much that factors into like, you know, like, oh, is that a song that broke through? Except, you know, how many people listen to these songs separate of like diving into Radiohead? Because I did not know that song, and I'm now going through this slow journey of like listening to all their albums front to back right and yeah. i can hear that as kind of a single because it's a little bit more of like a stripped down song um but it to me further it further like progresses what i think chris said earlier which is that like this is where johnny greenwood mm. just really like shines like yeah. on this album <clears throat> what he's doing like he's he's kind of I don't know. You guys are guitar players. Like, what is this it's called when you just play individual notes like this back and forth and do all these different? What is that called? Finger pick? It's not finger picking. Arpeggiation. Yeah. Arpeggiation. 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 Yeah, I love that. His arpeggiation work on this album is just incredible. Yeah, or sometimes like there'll be an arpeggiation happening over chords, and then like three tracks of like noodling happening over like a part, and it's just like all of this happening at one time i feel like there are, there are multiple moments and it, and you can like you feel it you feel them all or dude the guitar part i love the guitar part at the end of uh karma police the like bam part that's like yeah. during the yeah. like during like the climax part and it's just like <laughs> such a sick it's so simple but it's so it gets me every time um and and in the so, middle of that song too the dig it dig it dig it the uh yeah, I, I'm trying to imitate. We'll hear the song now, but I'm trying song, to imitate yeah. all the various. Like he's doing three different guitar sounds on the same song, like starting off acoustic, moving to this like mm. kind of rickety, like re reverberating sound, and then at the end with this like kind of slidey up and down. You know, like he he's just doing. He's like turning the guitar into a million different sounds. Like it's yeah. just so cool. It reminds I think that's me what he his... meant by like making an electronica record out of guitars. Not necessarily that it was electronic music that he was aiming for. He's using his guitar as a synthesizer in the way that he's making it do a billion different sounds in like mm. almost like a Tom Morello would, but in less of like a science, like I'm a scientist of guitar way. Totally. That's a really good way of putting it. It's funny, I thought of Tom Morello too, because sometimes with Tom Morello, who I love, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I think he's incredible. He's like a top 100 guitarist of all time for me. But sometimes a solo, like there will be a solo in a song and I, that he does, and I'm just like, what the fuck was that sound? You know, and I never, I never, like in Like a Stone, which I just think like that solo just takes me out of that song, which I think is otherwise very beautiful. But... <laughs> But it is an awkward solo. Yeah, wow, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is very awkward. You're like, what? That's a really good word. Never thought it works better in Rage Against Machine than it did in Audio Slave for sure. I agree. You know, Chris Cornell, like, you know, he's singing like this beautiful song and like all of a sudden comes out this weird sound. But anyway. 
I never. It's so high in the mix. It's like loud <laughs> as shit in the mix. Yeah. And then Tim Comerford just, just like also decides to change what he's playing on bass. A lot of times <laughs> when Tom's doing a solo, he tries to play the guitar and the bass, and he's doing these like ridiculous bass runs in the background. You're like, bro, there's too much. You guys were just playing a four chord progression. Now, like, what is going on right now? <laughs> Great song, though. Yeah, I, I, oh yeah, I, great song, great band, great song, and I love Audio Slave and I love Rage, but it's just <laughs> I totally agree with you that like there is some. This is the sound I'm talking about, by the way. Like that, yeah, mm. like It's like it's sound. It's it's almost. I never noticed that. Yeah, it's almost percussive in some ways too. Like what he's trying to do with the guitar is like he's actively trying to make it sound like he's he's trying to give new voices to the instrument yeah and but it never sounds weird it, it to me it never it works, i was never yeah. i was never like this is weird the way that i did when i first heard the like a stone solo <laughs> which i when i when i which i did react that way and i was like this is weird i loved it until you just brought it up now i'm having second go thoughts. back and listen to like a stone <laughs> yeah yeah i never really thought of it no, either, dude i used to, i asked now. my guitar teacher how to play the solo when i was younger i used to be able to play it I want to hear it, man. You got to play it, friends. But yeah, this song to me is just like totally like, like just the perfect like crescendo. Like it's the perfect punctuation mm. mark on this album. Like, yeah. There's just Great so use much of backing vocals with the. Eh. I like that too a lot. Yeah. And you hear this oh, sound right like... here. Yeah, it's like, cool. It sounds like. Cool like a telephone wire like dial up like, internet yeah yeah you know like they're just they're kind of giving you like a sneak peek at where they're headed on this album i feel like yeah and they're like don't get comfortable you know they play a song like let down and you're like this is really nice and then like the next song is you know this song where you hear these weird sounds like a malfunctioning computer or a broken phone or whatever it's like the weirdness of technology is creeping into their sound. Yeah. And I think it really has like, it fully takes it over in this song where you're just like, oh my God, like this song just, it, it's so good, but it's like, so it gets under my skin. You know what I mean? It's very yeah. like depressing and unsettling. Yeah. I like, I almost want to skip it like you're near the end. Cause I'm like, I, can we, I mean, I love it, but it's just like, I'm just like, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. Like this. I'm getting what jittery. Do think, what do you think Elon Musk likes better? Uh, okay. Computer by Radiohead or uh, the car by Arctic monkeys. <laughs> hmm. Or like a, or okay car or something like that. What, uh, like... I, I could, I could see him being a Radiohead fan. Yeah. Yeah. He's a car guy though. He's a car guy, I know. It's a bit of a conflict of interest, but I don't know. Yeah. All right, back to your radiohead. I think Elon would like this album because Elon is a man who lives in the future. And this sure. album and and many to come, I'm sure. Radiohead is like what everything I feel like they're trying to do is like except for the first album, which I did not like. Like definitely the Benz and definitely on this album. They're like trying to you know, this is why people love them. Like I get, I'm starting to get mm. why people love them. Like, because yeah. they just are like so adventurous. 
They're yeah, so this song was like the first time it got like as weird as I was expecting it and wanting it to be. Like, like yeah. I feel like the Benz was really, really a great rock record, but like didn't get quite as weird as I like understood Radiohead to be. And they're definitely going that direction. Uh, yeah. But this is where I was like, oh fuck yeah, <laughs> we're just like <laughs> completely yeah, like breaking down what a song is now, and it's just like weird as hell that's a great way of putting it breaking down what a song is like that is that a song and i remember the last episode i told you guys this that my buddy nick was like i don't like radiohead and i said why and he said because i like oh, songs yeah. and yeah, like that's a great that's such a great that's a great quote. that's a great quote and like I get what he's saying. By the way, this is definitely the worst song on this album. <laughs> Isn't that that Western guitar riff like, coming this out in? Of my head. I like it. I like the sound of this guitar riff coming after "Fitter Happier." It's such a great contrast. Yeah, the cowbell. It's dumb, but <laughs> dude, it the cowbell. After this, oh I like my it. god, I like oh. it. I can't. I can't. This is, I can't this with is this song. Gonna, this sounds like Joshua Tree. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Where the streets have no name. Beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> Cowbell. <laughs> I honestly feel like that last song lulls you into like an internet addicted depression. And then they like burst through that glass with this song, which like just to me is Radiohead kind of like almost like drunkenly playing a hmm. like a, 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 a song like this song has like a drunk rock band in a mm. bar energy to me. Yeah, this is like where everybody's just like, bam, 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 but you know, playing hard. <laughs> it's also got it's got to be one of the it's one of the it's the shortest well, uh, besides fitter, happier. I mean, no surprises is three forty nine. This song's three fifty. I'm sure, like the abrasiveness and the like rock and rollness of it is all intentional. Like, because they don't make songs like this at this point. I feel like, like I feel like it's very much intentional, especially after fitter, happier. But like, still, maybe I just haven't grasped the irony of it or whatever it's supposed to be. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't grasped the irony of it or, or whatever it's supposed or to be. What <laughs> By the way, can you just skip um, this song? Because I want to talk very quickly yes, about yeah, climbing yeah. up the walls, too. Yeah. So, like, this song also, to me, felt like the weird radio head that I was, like, waiting for. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with Like, that. this sound... The drum sound is... Kind of reminded me of... I know this is weird to say. There's the first thing I thought it was like, this sounds like like a James Bond song. And I think that's because it kind of sounded to me like Skyfall, because it has the same chord progression, yeah. kind of. But I just got this like kind of menacing, mm. like this, this song feels like it's forecasting a dark storm and a lot of danger, you know? Like climbing up the walls, it, like that title already. Mm. Creepy. Creepy, yeah. you know, and this was where I'm like, okay, Radiohead is getting so weird. <laughs> like I can't this, believe this is '97. This is... Yeah, it's 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 really. This must have been truly new feeling. What do you guys think about this closer, uh, the tourist? I love the tourist. Yeah, 
I no, think it's sure. I think it's an awesome closer. By the way, Radiohead says on that song, hey, you know, chorus, hey man, slow down. Slow down. Kind of reminded me of some of the other lyrics on the song that I highlighted. For a minute there, I lost myself. I'm just uptight. No alarms and no surprises. Like, this is like a, the agenda of the Tom York songwriting is to like, I don't know. It's like, it's so cerebral to me. And so like, so philosophical. And yet I can't quite, I feel like what I like about him is his stuff is so, the stuff like, you know, it's so uh, ambiguous. I feel mm. like I fill in a lot of the shading. Mm. Sure. Um, I will say, oh, I mean, I've been really, we'll get to Fandometer in one second. I, I just, I I think I've been having trouble most with Radiohead so far. My biggest like hurdle to get over is that I'm having trouble catching on to the lyrics. Like even I was listening, it's been three weeks since we recorded the last episode. It feels like we've been doing this podcast for 10 years. This is episode three, which is nuts. <laughs> Um, I, I know I record, and I listened to this record more than I had the other two. Again, out of like, I want. I was like, I want to listen to. Okay, I like wasn't doing homework mm. in this round. I was like, I want to listen to this record, so I listened to it a ton. And like, still near the end, I didn't really catch on to a lot of lyrical themes for me. For some, maybe I'm just always doing something else. I'm listening to this record, not giving it like full attention. But I, I, mm. even with the other records, having trouble like catching on to lyrically what he's saying. Not sure if it's his voice or if I'm, like the melodies are just very hard for my brain to like capture onto. If it's just not what I'm used to. Yeah. But I don't know because I, I don't, like then I will read stuff about it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess so. But like I didn't pick that up on my own. Mm. I Which think there's against it, but no, I think there's a left. So like for me, I like that. I mean, there's there are there are certain people who write lyrics. Uh, this, by the way, is just like. Again, Radiohead is like, we're what you know, whatever you think we are gonna do, we're not doing that. Yeah, we're, this is what wizardry. we're doing. Yeah. This is total wizardry. This is like Harry a story. Potter. Harry Potter wrote this song. I feel like, I... <laughs> God damn it! Stop making me. You're making me laugh so much. I'm like losing track of my trains of thought. But I was just gonna say, uh, what was I gonna say? Who gives a shit? I don't remember. Oh uh, no, come on! I'm sorry. I was talking about the lyrics, and it's hard to catch on to. What no, no, saying. dude, it's so funny. Um, you're gonna. The listeners will appreciate your jokes. I'm just trying to parse through like the Radiohead stuff myself because I, I like I'm a happy person, and I feel like I get this profound sense of discomfort when I listen to them, and they don't mm. make me feel good. I make they make me feel impressed though and lyrically I do really respect how Tom York he doesn't like spell it out for you because there are people like Billy Joel who like tell you a story it's like Brendan Eddie we're going steady king and the queen of the prom whatever they're like Billy Joel's like telling you a campfire <laughs> telling you a campfire story Tom York is doing the opposite he's yeah. like throwing you bits and pieces of his psyche and you put it in context into the environment that radio is in, mm. not just in the music industry, but in the world. And I'm thinking of them as a band that's like running headfirst into the 21st century and wants to challenge you and use their like wall of weird experimentation sounds to kind of correspond with these lyrics of like alienation and things are changing and 
the world around you is evolving and like we there's nothing we can do to stop it but i agree with you in that like yeah you have to do a lot of work to meet some yeah. lyrics in the middle you know what i mean yeah um, i like your point charlie that that um it, it feel like it does kind of stress me out a little bit like not like where i'm getting you know physically stressed but like I think that is why I have a hard time like putting it on when I'm doing different stuff because like I think it does kind of as background music or as like driving music or whatever it's like definitely a little stressful like you know in general um yeah especially when you listen on like speakers uh like is it stereo when there's two different ones right yeah yeah that one like especially some of the songs earlier like Paranoid Andrew those songs are so imbalanced like when the right and left speaker that like there's a mm. like not only is there like an emotional uh like sensitivity to it it's also like physically imbalanced if you're listening with headphones it's like acoustic guitar on one side and and electric on the other side and you feel like you're like tipping over right so like there's like i feel like there's like there's even more to it than just kind of feeling challenged by it, which i certainly do as well sure. um uh, pitchfork released a list this week for 150 best albums of the 1990s I didn't actually look at the list, but they made a post on Instagram about OK Computer. It landed on the list somewhere. And they said, uh, OK Computer was the last gasp of the rock monoculture, culture, an incontestable, unrepeatable, and critically consecrated masterpiece of a genre that was too big to fail, yet too limp to preside over a new century, picking up grunge's challenge to macho rock orthodoxy, the bookish Oxford five-piece parlayed corporate resistance and righteous angst into an infernal assessment of mainstream conformism, petite bourgeois inertia, and cartoonish celebrity culture. Now, first of all, they got to go fuck themselves because it's oh, just... Oh, dude, I hated that. Wow. ...fucking words. And the Siri thing <laughs> is now doing this again, but we're back. And it's right, like... So the Benz is num number 81. Sorry, Jake, just jumping in real quick. The Benz Please, is at yeah. 81. OK Computer is at number three on their list. Wow. What are the two ahead of it? Uh, Nevermind and... You too. You too, Pop. And, yeah, well, Octone uh, Baby, great album. Love, Loveless by My Bloody Valentine and Miseducation okay. of Lauryn Hill. OK. Great record. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so I mean, I get what they're saying, and I think it's they're they're right in some sense, but it's just they're so fucking annoying. Like they use so many words <laughs> over was, eight letters. It's like so you can't that was rough. It's so much. What the what does that mean? Too big to fail, yet too limp to preside over the next decade. Like I don't understand what they're talking about there. You can't. It can't be both things. Like and, and that's also like different people writing this because in the next line is see where it landed in our list of the 150 best albums in the 1990s at the link in our bio. It's like, okay, well, how many people do you have on your social media team writing these things? It's like an 80-year-old man with a dictionary in front of him and then like a, an intern writing the fucking sales copy there. <laughs> Dang, that's really funny. By the way, if I may, and, I, you know, we're running a little long, I, uh, I admit, but I was just going to say, too, that Kid A must also be on that list because in the research that I had done, the, the, the minimum research that I had done, about leading up to Kid A, again, by the way, LOL, um, you know, the first thing that you read on Wikipedia is, oh, you know, 
uh, Radiohead. <laughs> the, literally the first line on, on the oh, radio no. is following the critical and commercial success of their, of their <laughs> 1997 album, OK Computer, the members of Radiohead suffered burnout. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just perpetually burnt out. I mean, that really. Was that wasn't Kid A 2000? Yes. So oh, yeah, it's not on the list then. for that reason. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Sorry. Good point. But yeah, I was just going to say, like, I think of these two albums as almost like companions in 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 their praise. Yeah. Like, so I, I don't I don't know anything about Kid A. Um, I, I mean, I've listened to it once, I think. But I, again, I don't really know anything about it. So I'm super pumped to get into that one as well. Jake, yeah. where are you sitting on the fandometer, you think? Um, do we know? So you went Did from write it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have it. I have it. Pablo Thank Honey, you. you were you were at thirty five percent, and then uh, the Benz, you jumped to fifty five, and now you are at I feel like at this point there's I've, I'm there's two things that come into my head for I don't think these these guys can miss at this point, and I mm -hmm. think at this point after this record. There's not much they can do. So I think I'm at 80. Whoa, what the? I don't know Love if that. there's really anything they can do. If if the next five records are all Pablo Honey, then then I'll go down again. But like, even if the records get 10, 20, 30% worse than this, I don't, I don't really see the fandom going down that much. So you are in the 80th percentile of Radiohead fandom, you think? Yeah. All right. I'm getting up all right. there, man. I'm a big fan. Okay. And consistency seems to be your seems to be your uh, your reason, largely. Well, yeah. All right. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. It seems to be like something that you uh, are thinking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. All right. What about you guys? I know I feel self conscious. No, no, no. You Chuck, where are you at? You went, Chuck. You went thirty to sixty. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think a good computer is incredible. Um, again, I, I did not love every song on it, but the ones that I did, I thought were fantastic, and I am so impressed. I mean, listening to Radiohead this intensely for this podcast has been like an incredible homework assignment for me because it's like walking around a history museum, you know, like. I, I how can how many bands can you say that about where like they are the past present and future of music all at the same time like mm -hmm. truly and this album certainly tips you know tips in that direction i i do think that like going ahead i am not because again i knew karma police i'd heard the song before and i liked it um but i didn't know a lot of the other stuff i had never listened to paranoid android front to back but like, I know that I'm going to find Kid A weirder. So I I think this might be my peak because like their first album was not for me. Their second album was much more for me. This album is a total like all timer for me. Mm. And I know Kid A is going to get weirder. So like, I'm also bumping up from 60 to at least 70, 75 because I, I'm, I'm feeling very hooked and 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 loving this journey let's go baby let's of listening go. to them so what do you want though? say 70 or 75 75. yeah let's see 75. let's go all right, all right calories give us the stats buddy 
so I started 25, went to 45 for the Benz. Uh, and I, I think the reason that I am surprised by your answers is because like, I'm just, I'm just having a hard time. Like I almost texted you guys this week being like, dude, I just can't really like get myself to put this on recently when I like want to listen to other music. Like it's just not jumping in front of the things that I like. Um, but I will say that like today talking to you all about it and cause you guys have, you know, I, I haven't said too, too much about it. Um, you were kind of, first of all, the critical kind of context really helped me to see. And also just thinking about how it's 97, I feel like both of those things yeah. really kind of, cause I'm treating this like a later album. I, I still feel like, you know, I, I'm not putting that into perspective. Um, to Chuck's point, I think weirdness is what I was looking for. A Moon-Shaped Pool is naturally the album that I've connected most with by Radiohead. It's the one I've spent the most time with before this entire podcast. So like, and I really like that album. So like, I feel like I've been anticipating that. So maybe the weirdness is like what I'm looking for. And I'm hoping that things are gonna turn with Kid A. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I so I put myself at 55. I was at, like 50 before before this podcast but i feel like the context and the, the critical reception and kind of learning a little bit more about it and thinking about okay. that perspective is helping me i think but it yeah. is going to get weirder for the record i do think like this album is weird but i think the next one is going to be even more bizarre um something i do at the end of listening to these albums over and over again is i listen to the first song on the next album as like a tease mm. And the first song on Kid A is absolutely insane. Like okay. so weird and un made me so uncomfortable. I felt like I was on drugs. And so <laughs> I think I think you will get more as they get weirder because mm. um, again, I, I'm not, not sure that I, like I would not consider Radiohead a band that I'm going to like just casually listen to and throw one of their tracks on a playlist. Yeah, no. yeah. But it's more like going into a museum and looking yeah. around and being like, right. this is, you know, this is, this is art and this is people taking risks within the domain of music. You so if I mean? you don't mind what, me asking, I know where we are long on time, but when do you guys find that this is hitting the most? Can you give me a hand? Um, because I think uh, you're not, right, Chuck. It, it's not something like you could just throw on. And I feel like I keep trying to do that, but I, I don't know. Love to hear what you think. I think my best listen, I ran around the track for the length of the record, um, which was a good way to do it because I was doing another activity. So it wasn't just me sitting with the record, but it wasn't <laughs> and it wasn't a jog like around the streets or anything where I was kind of like visually stimulated by changing environment constantly so it was like a monotonous i didn't don't usually listen to music when i run i do when i'm on the track because it just gets so boring so i just mm. was like i did i just ran for the length of the record and listened to it and that was a really good listen for me because i was really able to like get into it very much um sure while also like being able to have an exit if if something was a little bit too much for me or i like was a little i could like look over or like think about my, if my knee hurt or something you know like there was other so i and i can't like i can't listen to it at work i listened to it yeah. i rode my bike to work and i listened to it and that was not great because i couldn't really hear it 
And it's also like riding your bike in Manhattan is such a stressful experience that like it that okay, yeah. it help at all. There are multiple times where I'll put I'll put I'll put it on at the end of the workday and I'm like, no, no, like this is definitely not right. Like I, yeah, so I'm just having a hard time like finding finding their place for me. And again, but the um, next one is I mean for me the only drawback of this record is that it is 53 minutes, which is too long for a record in my opinion. Uh, mm -hmm. But we got for Kid A, we go back down to 47, which is starting to get into the little prime, of, nice. for, in my opinion. But 53 minutes is a long runtime, so it was harder for me to find stuff to do during this one, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah. bigger, like, commitment yeah. time-wise. Yeah, and I would also say, Chris, too, like, for me, part of the reason I'm enjoying this album, or this band, there's two things that I want to say, and I'll, I'll conclude with these thoughts, especially because one of them is kind of leaning into Kid A and like the production of that album, which is, you know, Tom York talks a lot about, or talks a lot about how in Kid A, he, they were done with guitars. He wanted to like make a piano driven album and a synth driven album and um, experiment and tinker with technologies and different sounds and whatever, kind of the same way that he wanted to experiment with different sounds and um, on OK Computer. And on Kid A, he also suffered pretty badly from writer's block. And I think part of that was because he wanted to divorce himself from rock music. And so like I, as somebody who pretty much exclusively listens to rock music, and you guys are always like talking about these hip hop artists that you guys listen to and like I know enough about hip hop but like the albums that I always return to and the artists I always return to are like the rock bands that I like Strokes, Arctic Monkeys, Killers and then more weird off the beaten path ones like Tool and Third Eye Blind and whatever with Radiohead it's much for me it's more of like I, I, I dive into them as someone who wants to be like a student of music. Like I don't listen mm. to jazz, I don't listen to jazz, but like I will listen to Bitches Brew, which was an album that Radiohead Davis. Radiohead yeah. credited as influencing OK Computer. Oh wow. Because I just want to know like why it's considered great by people. And like yeah. mm -hmm. if I can if I can empathize with that then I feel like I have a fuller understanding of music mm -hmm. and what's cool about music. Um, and less so from a perspective of like, oh, this hits me in the sweet spot of what I like to listen to. Because right now, and mm -hmm. especially tomorrow, I'm, I'm, I'm like mainly listening to jam bands because they have a happy vibe. And that's the vibe that I want right now in music. But sometimes when I'm working out, I listen to Tool because I want to run through a wall. You know, it's like, you, you you spoke about this on a on a, an earlier podcast where you were basically like, oh, music informs the moods that I'm in, and Radiohead for me is less about moods and trying to marry a song or an album to a mood. It's more about I want to understand like wh why people think this band is so cool and and courageous, and if I can understand that, then maybe it will help inform. Mm what okay. I think is cool about music and be a better listener of music. I think, yeah, I think that mindset shift could be really helpful. So I'm going to give that a shot. Right. Maybe. And, and also, you know, I listen to it more in mornings when I'm on my way to work and yeah, I'm feeling like time. part of I the think corporate. I better than night. And I'm feeling part of the corporate machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure. 
And then at night, you save night for like some, you know, off the beaten path bands like, you know, Third Eye Blind. <laughs> nice glass of wine. Yeah, Dude. some I, I'm into these really obscure bands. Uh, Imagine Dragons. <laughs> uh, what are you fucking roasting me now? <laughs> yeah. Dude. All right. Um, I appreciate it. That's fine. Are we are we all set here? We're doing Kid A in like another eight years. We'll record that episode. Yeah, we should pick up the pace a little bit because I'm going <laughs> to be in India uh, in November, and then we're not going to be we're not going to finish before then. But we're definitely not. So we'll just take a we'll just take a sabbatical. We'll just take a break. That's right. So we, Kid A, Kid A in rainbows. Uh, no, there's one in between. You. Hail to oh. the thief. Hail to the thief. Oh. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. Me neither, by the way. Literally don't and, know any of it. And then is it in rainbows and then moonshade pool? Yes. No, okay. Hail to the Thief, and then uh, in Rainbows, no. and then the King of Limbs. Oh, King of Limbs. And then Moonshade Pool. Moonshade Pool. What did we say, Amnesiac? Oh, we did not say Amnesiac. Amnesiac oh is God. next. And Kid A, and then Amnesiac. Yeah. And then Hail to the Thief, in Rainbows, King of Limbs, Moonshade Pool. By the way, Amnesiac one year after Kid A, which is crazy. Yeah, right after. Mm. Right after. Huge gap between King of Limbs and Moonshade Pool, five years. Yeah. And then nothing since Moonshade Pool. Except Noble, The Smile. We got a record from The Smile this yeah. year. Hey, now. I like that record. I like that record a lot. I haven't I'm gonna listened go, to it. I'm going to go make, make dinner, but I do want to listen okay. to some of these other bands uh, that you're talking about as well. I, okay. okay. Are we cool? Charlie, you want to send yeah. me this... Uh, uh, this audio when you stop recording and we'll 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 get it all queued up. Absolutely. This is a great episode. Good episode, boys. Hey, I'll see you soon. Chris, right, you're gonna carry out. the next episode and the theme is gonna be Yes. Has Radiohead gotten weird enough for Chris? Yeah. Yeah. I'll 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 take I'll take responsibility next episode. I need to further invest myself in this. I can do it. All right. I will like Radiohead. I will <laughs> I will break into the 70th percentile. You don't have to like them. This is so just much as... it's just an ex- exploratory podcast. It's not we're not trying to force feed anything, you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll see. All right, boys. Hey, have a great right, night boys. and congrats again, Chris. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. Congrats, buddy. <laughs> Bye-bye.